talking to Gary Turner, who is the managing director of Zero UK and EMEA, meaning Europe, Middle East and Africa. Zero is a small business accounting software company. Gary, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Give me an idea. Give me a picture of the small businesses that you deal with. Imagine any business um, that is either self-employed or a small partnership business or even a small employer. And uh, they would represent, as far as we're concerned, our customers. Um, We we service in the UK over 600,000 businesses and globally over 2 million. Um, and almost exclusively in what we would define as a small business sector. To put that into context, um, there are 5.9 million businesses in the UK. Um, If you think about how many businesses um, of different size comprise that number, uh, it's disproportionately uh, weighted towards small businesses. And people are often surprised that when you work out how many large businesses there are in the UK and subtract it from that 5.9 million, it's a really small number. So the number of businesses that employ greater than 250 people, so large businesses, there's only 8,000 of them in the UK. So massively bottom heavy as an economy, hugely dependent on small businesses. And there are millions of them, whether they're startups that got going a month ago or a corner coffee shop that's been going for 10 years. Small businesses are the UK economy and and really represent a huge, huge uh, proportion of our customers, almost exclusively our customers are small. Um, 8,000 larger businesses and we are always saying they shouldn't be at the top of the pyramid. We actually need to turn the pyramid upside down to make sure that the small businesses are at the top and therefore consulted first. Uh, I don't know whether you'd agree with me on that necessarily, but what are your insights into how those small businesses are coping through the COVID uh, crisis? Listen, I think I, I would have sympathy for analysts and economists trying to understand um the insights and the preferences and what's happening in in the world of small business, not least because unlike large businesses where literally you can get a reasonably um, uh, sizable poll of opinion and insight by speaking to just a few of them, there are millions of small businesses and many of them don't have uh, really uh, disciplined record keeping. and, and, And actually, even if you asked them the question, how they're doing, many of them would struggle to answer that if they're running on a spreadsheet or if they're running on, bits of software and so it's a tough a tough problem historically and um, one that we've tried to resolve um, by virtue of the fact that zero is a cloud product so by that we mean software that you access over the internet it relies on an internet connection rather than something you would install on your computer in the old kind of pc world uh, of software um, and, and that, that does a couple of things um, and without getting overly promotional, like the, the ability to access your accounting data and, and process an invoice or look at your banking kind of situation from your phone and a coffee shop or your tablet or even just on a Mac in your kitchen table at home has really liberated this idea of managing your business with software compared with like what it would have been like in the 90s. Um, and, and But one of the interesting byproducts of the fact that Zero is a cloud-based product is that all of the data that would have previously sat on hard disks or in shoeboxes also sits on, on the internet. And, and we, in a way that 
massively respects privacy. So we're not looking at individual customer data or aggregating and anonymizing kind of platform statistics. So if we have over 2 million businesses using Zero globally and over half a million in the UK, then we can ask zero questions if how many invoices were processed today or what was the average value of invoices processed on that by UK customers today or by customers in the Northwest. And we can begin to get a picture of what's actually happening um, on our platform and therefore a proxy picture of what's happening in the economy, uh, given that 600,000 is a pretty large sample size. And so what we can see and what we've been sharing and publishing over the last couple of months are, are kind of insights into how is the small business economy faring. And, and it's a mixed uh, bag of, of insights. Um, clearly, there has been a huge contraction across the whole economy, not least in small business. And we've been able to map that on the basis of sales uh, activity uh, with our customers. And we saw in March and in April, as we were going into the lockdown, uh, on the basis of our analysis, we saw a contraction of about 25% in, in revenues. Um, the good news is we've seen that bounce back in June, uh, but it's still year on year down from where it was back in 2019. And so we, we've seen an improvement to kind of um, around 20% of reduction year on year, but it is improving. And we, we'd be hopeful that the government schemes around the furlough scheme, the, the, the loans uh, and the grants that have been made available have at least contributed to that bounce back. But it's a mixed story across various industries. We can see how industry sectors are doing, clearly hospitality, massively impacted compared with services businesses that could perhaps work for more and more flexibly. So like uh, legal firms or businesses that, that they could reposition their people in a home environment and still get the work done and have been less affected. And then there's a regional split too as well. And by the way, we could, we could spend about an hour just on the analysis that we've got, but it, it, it's certainly um, true that I, I'd attribute the government support that was put in place back in April has been helpful. What I'd say to Boris Johnson or, or Rishi Sunak now is don't underestimate the, the role um, and the contribution that small businesses make to the economy as a whole. Over half of our GDP comes from small businesses. And and I think there's, there, there's some uh, anxiety about things like furlough rolling off. And, uh, and, and, and it would be tragic if the furlough scheme has just delayed um, an impact rather than bridge to recovery, which is the question many economists will be trying to answer right now. Um, if I were with the Chancellor and the PM just now, I'd say exactly the same thing. But I really don't think uh, they understand the value of small businesses to the UK economy. Or am I just naive in the um, I, I, listen, I think they, I think I'd give them a bit more credit for that. I, I think it's hard, as I said, it's hard to. to, to there are so many of them. Um, it's a scale problem. Um, but for the first time, uh, we've been able to bring real time insights and data to the discussion um, because the ability to harness the aggregated kind of activity of. Um, hundreds of thousands of businesses on like a monthly accounting basis. So we're doing like a management report pack, if you like, for the government on the basis of hundreds of thousands of businesses. It's never been possible before. And so we're clearly, we, we feel a real duty of, and, and responsibility to share that and to inform that conversation 
um, to the best of our ability. And, and, and clearly the Bank of England and the Office for National Statistics will be polling their own insights. And I'm sure organizations like the Federation of Small Business will be running surveys. But, uh, but, but I don't think anybody's doing real data-based analytics that we are. And so we're sharing, we, we, we've been sharing this and sharing some of our insights with the Small Business Minister, Paul Scully, and his office and the department um, uh, uh, that, that he, he operates in. And, and, we're, and, and we, we feel a real responsibility to inform that. We, 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 all of our customers are small businesses. We want them to survive and prosper and grow. We want even businesses that are not using our product today to have the insights so that they can make the right decisions. Um, but I think time will tell. I, I, I'd love to say that the, 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 the support packages that were put in place uh, will do their job of bridging us to a position where we can begin to recover uh, and haven't just delayed a huge uh, depression uh, or recession. And, 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 and I have to be, I'm an optimist, I have to be optimistic that by the time we get to October, um, hopefully there will be um, a, a bit more confidence about not just the ability for small businesses to recover, but we need to. We can't. We can't do this without small businesses. No, I so absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely say that. Now, when you're saying there's a call to arms, I know that on your site you have something called the Road to Business Recovery. Um, what kind of services, on a real practical level, do you think small businesses need? Well, listen, I, cards on the table here. I'm a technologist, and so the top of all of my kind of get well um, lists um, will be technology and technology adoption. And, and, we, and we did some analysis. We did some work and research with the data and based insights that we've got, as well as working with um, uh, other organizations to pull together um, a view of, as we worked with the, the Entrepreneurs Network last month, so what, what would happen if small businesses adopted technology more readily? Now, now, if you look at broader statistics, we can see that the UK really does lag at least the EU um, in terms of what they call digital intensity. Uh, with a, a, so, so out of the entire EU community, the UK is about mid-table in terms of adoption of digital and adoption of online ways of working and, and, and commerce. Um, uh, in the European community, and and we know that, and we we can see that the small businesses are slow to adopt, are slow to move, are slow to to to, to drive technology into why, their into why their is that? Why is that? I, I think it's partly um, awareness and education. I think there's a there's a lack of. Um, I mean, small businesses know about their industry, they know about their customers, they know what makes a great cup of coffee, they know what makes a great landscaping business, but they don't know what they don't know. And there's a huge lack of awareness and understanding of how technology isn't just like a convenient thing and can save you a bit of time, but it will actually transform the way that businesses work. I think they all probably suspect it, but it's the age-old problem of working in the business versus working on the businesses. Small businesses are kind of in this cruel trap where they're running as hard as possible just to keep the lights on and to service their customers and to manage the businesses. They, they, they are not taking enough time to step back and, and apply the disciplines to think about how, how might I improve my business? How might I come up with a, a, a kind of investment kind of strategy that means I can go and hire some more people or I can open up a new product line? It's the classic problem of working 
in the business, not on the business, and and a lack of awareness. I think there's an area that the government could do a lot more work on is driving awareness and education and skills around what online means today. It's very different from what it was 20 years ago. Um, interesting you should say that, and I suppose we need to do a lot more work around about that. Um, but I'm just uh, wondering whether or not you think this is partly um, down to government policies. Is there is there a missing piece of the jigsaw somewhere as far as the government is concerned? Um, you know, we know that in rural areas, for instance, connectivity isn't great. Sometimes even in the middle of our big cities, connectivity isn't great. So is there something that we need, something else that we need to do infrastructure-wise? I think the infrastructure has improved significantly and, and, and I have huge respect and sympathy for people who are at the outer edges of our, of our geography who, who wouldn't recognize that statement. Um, and and th there's always more that could be done to help people in, in, in those areas um, and, and not to diminish their experience, but they, they definitely represent the minority of our economy now. And, and therefore, I, I, I don't think we can peg infrastructure necessarily as the reason small businesses across the UK are adopting technology. I, I certainly think that's, that's credible um, in, in, a, in a remote part of the country. But if you're in any of the major conurbations and cities, uh, and certainly in the southeast where we have about two thirds of all British businesses or south of Milton Keynes, there's really no reason why internet connectivity or access to, to technology will be inhibiting you. So I think it's bigger than that. I think it, it is about awareness. I think it is about a lack of understanding and 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 this is um, this is a, an opportunity not just to kind of true up and catch up with the rest of the EU or with other developed nations and and, and the EU is one community but the UK has this long-standing productivity problem so forget about technology the G8 so this is a, a different kind of uh, cohort than just the EU so the G8 developed nations that for the last twelve years the UK has been second last on productivity. So there's a broader problem that the UK is struggling with and it has been unable to resolve. And, and, and in short form, in the global financial crisis in 2008, clearly every economy took a dip. Every economy in the G8 after the GFC got back on track with their GDP growth and the UK didn't. The UK has flatlined on GDP growth relative to the rest of the G8 for the last 12 years and nobody knows how to fix that. That's a big problem. My my hunch, I'm a technologist, my hunch is that there must be some correlation, at least, between the UK's lack of adoption of technology, particularly among small businesses, and our, and our national productivity problem, uh, which is why we spend so much time talking about it and trying to understand it and try to research what we can do to solve it. And we can also see that the businesses that have, have do adopt technology are, are more productive. Now, we did some analysis that if, if you took just the 1.1 million employers, so, so that's businesses in the UK that employ between one and nine people, and if they doubled their uptake of technology, which wouldn't be hard because they're coming from a low bar, it would create a 16 billion boost to, to GVA, gross value added in the economy, which is significant. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of work to be done. Huge, there. huge. Um, and so, uh, again, uh, like, I, I, I like, if, if, if all you have is a hammer, then eventually everything looks like a nail. And I get that. And, and I'm a technologist. 
and technology is not the solution to everything, but I think it must be a solution to a very large part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's a, just a lack of um, impetus, fluency, uh, where to go to get help. Uh, and, and I think the government need to do that. There is, there is a, a minister in government that has responsibility for digital, but it's a part of a portfolio of responsibilities. And I'd love to see a minister for digital really picking up this mantle and really driving awareness and education and, and that- in a much more vigorous way that's been done. Okay, that's uh, that sounds like something that we could uh, talk to government about. But for me, I think there's an awful lot of small businesses out there who are going to come out the other side of this and be looking for ways to thrive. And small businesses become big businesses. Um, Zero started off as a small business somewhere along the line. It's now a big business with two million customers. Do we have enough um, support for businesses that want to innovate take risks, and are the right skills available coming out the other side of this? That's a, that's a big question. Um, and, and I think on the basis of what, what we've just covered in terms of digital adoption and fluency, there's a lot more that can be done. And, and, and I think I'd argue for more to be done on skills. Um, I, I think there's a really interesting way of thinking about post-COVID. Um, and and, and the, I, I think it will accelerate uh, change in adoption and behaviours and, and, and understanding that might have taken a decade. I think it might happen much, much sooner than that. I think this idea of running your business uh, in a way that's more dependent or enabled by technology is not new. The internet, as far as most people is concerned, the World Wide Web became a thing like 25 years ago. We're very accustomed to going online now um, and buying things and, 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 and kind of engaging and communicating online. So that's not new. Um, I still think that, however, for most for mo- most businesses, online still remains an adjunct. It still remains a satellite to the core operations of the business. And and so even although you may you may be running a retail shop or a store, and you've got an online store front, that's still secondary to the footfall that comes in. And that might be appropriate. That might be actually the whole experience of coming into your shop needs to be cherished and is an important part of why your customers keep coming back. But but certainly on the experience that that uh, of businesses that we've been speaking to, um, going into lockdown meant that they had to shut the shop, uh, and they then had to fall back on their rather underutilized online storefront, and and that then meant that they then had to confront the lack of awareness and capability that they had because it was the only way they were going to sell anything, and I've then discovered that inside their traditional business. There's a whole other business that, that, that lives online. And, and COVID, if anything, has forced many of them to, to really grasp the nettle of getting their head around what it means to be absolutely a traditional high street business or a traditional kind of organized business, but really capitalizing what digital means. And so I, th- I think if I'm tr- trying to summarize it, I think what, what's going to happen, we're beginning to see the signs of this, is that if businesses going into COVID were traditional at the core, and had digital around the edge. I think the successful businesses, by the time we get to 2030, will be digital at the core and will be traditional at the edge where appropriate. So you won't lose people, you won't use, you won't lose the human part of it, but you will be less dependent on people and pieces of paper to make the core aspect of your business run. Um, and I think that change in polarity is what we will see 
Uh, and I think it will happen much more quickly than 10 years. I think we would have got there in 10 years, but I think it might happen in, in maybe 18 months or two years for many businesses now. Which is um, why I keep coming back to the issue of skills. Will we have the right skills in time in order to make that happen as quickly as we would really like it to? Gary, what's your top three tips for uh, the government? <laughs> what's the top three things that you would say? Uh, I think you've already said Minister for Digital. Can we can we give that give a minister a portfolio around about digital? So perhaps two others. Um, for getting small businesses out the other side of this and thriving. And I, I think either, <laughs> yeah, I, I think either like tax relief um, or grant schemes for education. So to actually reskill your, yourself or your teams on really understanding what working online, what driving online commerce, how adopting modern technology um, can help your business. Um, if, if businesses like the digital skills and they can't afford to hire the external specialists and the external experts to come in and do that, they have to do it themselves. So I think I'd like to see government funding support for training and education and awareness, and that would need to be backed up with clearly, you know, uh, organisations across the country to, to 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 deal with that. And then I think I'd like to see um, an increased promotion of. Um, and access to R&D tax credit schemes. We've mentioned it briefly earlier. It's like the innovation, bringing new things to market, bringing new concepts to market will be a core competency over the next decade or two. And if businesses are not aware of how um, and where they should start and government should be helping with that and really driving that agenda, then I think encouraging businesses to take more risks and to invest in research and development and, and to invest in new online experiences for their for their customers or online shop fronts or new ways of working and and, and, and investing in, in R&D and innovation, I think, is another key area. And so we'd love to see, I think, financial support on both of these things. But above all, this is a conversation that needs to be had more broadly, needs to be had at a much higher volume and a much more precise level of clarity has been had before and, and, and we see that in our data we see that in the, in the performance of our customers um, and and, um, and we think there's a huge huge opportunity to, to kind of level up and upgrade the, the whole economy <laughs>